crumble, young man, crumble. This is the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. And it's playoff time. It is playoff time. And it would, I would be remiss if I didn't say, damn you, Antonia. <laughs> the crumble, hopefully it was good for you. Antonio let me down as he has all season. But yes, it is playoff time. It is finally upon us. Uh, and we are here to break it all down for you. Uh, what are we, like uh, 10 days, officially 10 days from Christmas? Holy smokes. Yeah, 10 days from Christmas right now. And I did pull up some crumble while yeah. we're talking about it. Yeah, got to munch down on those yummy, yummy cookies. Uh, Well-deserved knowing uh, that Antonio was going to get like six points. <laughs> Big dope, like I said. But, you know, that's, that's how the cookie crumbles. Yes, sir. You lose some. Indeed. Okay. But yeah, we got a good episode today. We're going to do playoffs, of course, round one. We're also going to do a little rookie review. We're going to look back at the draft from this year, talk about some hits, some misses, kind of brief, though, nothing like in depth. But before we get into all of that, we've got to do a nonsense minute. Got to. So, Snake, you sent me a nice four-pack of crumble cookies. It was delicious. Thank you again. So, question this week for you is, you have to do a four-pack of Christmas desserts. doesn't have to be just cookies, but four-pack Christmas desserts. I'm sure some cookies will be in there. But basically, what are your top four desserts for Christmas? All right. I don't know if any particular order, but I'm, I'm, I'm big on cookies at Christmas time, obviously. Mm-hmm. So we've got homemade chocolate chip cookies probably at the top. I mean, we're talking homemade. We're not talking pre-made toll houses. We're talking homemade chocolate chip cookies. For sure. Uh, I make a mean uh, freaking, what's that? Co- what, what kind of cookie do ricotta. I make? Ricotta. The ricotta cookie. I make a mean ricotta cookie. Yeah, That's going to be two uh ice cream obviously always having ice cream on deck and you know i'm not a pie guy uh or so cookie ice cream what about a yule log what is a yule log i don't know i've never had one or made one but i'm going to put it in my top four desserts let's go yule log on them They look pretty fun, and they're but they are very complicated to make. I think I've looked up recipes before, and it's like an undertaking to do it. That's probably why I've never done it. That looks pretty good. Okay, it's like a um, what's that thing called? They make it on Great British British Bake Off all the time. I forget. Basically, like a cake round cake twist roll. That's what it's called. There you go. So mine would be, uh, I got to start with peppermint bark. I love peppermint bark at Christmas time. You got your dark or milk chocolate, white chocolate, and then some candy cane bits. So good. Yep, that's a classic Christmas dessert. I'll go with like a frosted sugar cookie, but it's got to have red or green frosting. It's got to be like Santa or a Christmas tree. So good. Got to be in the festive design. Has to be. Mm, I'll say... How about like a spice cake? Like I'm not really big on gingerbread or gingerbread man cookies, whatever, but uh, a spice cake with a little bit of that in there. You ever had one of those? Spice cake? Like what? just a cake? What do you mean? With like ginger and like cinnamon, those 
winter fall type seasonings. Okay. I don't and know like, if I'm on board with that, but uh, you know, make, make one up and we'll have to do a test. It's good. And then, I mean, obviously you're just going to put frosting all over it. So that's yeah. going to even it out. And then your ricotta cookies, number four in my four pack. Ooh, they are good. So if you're out there listening, if you want to tell us what your Christmas dessert four pack would be, let us know. Yeah. Tell us what you're going to be chowing down on this Christmas, whatever it looks like to you and yours, let us know and we will either accept it or make fun of you for it. Definitely the latter. Yes. All right, Shanique, as promised, let's do a little rundown of this rookie class in 2021. Okay. I would say overall, pretty top heavy. Like we kind of knew who would be the good guys. Um, Some kind of disappointments at the top, but I mean, I think long-term, a lot of these guys will be okay and be in the league for a while. And then definitely some surprises, but I think that that kind of, synopsis goes without saying for every rookie class so i mean i don't know if we would say this one is better or worse than others uh, maybe at certain positions but i will run down the the first round of our draft and then we'll you and i will do a mock redraft between you and i we won't do you know like we're not going to pretend that we were ben or doug or eric or whoever we're just going to say who our top 12 would be if we were picking okay so uh, the real draft went Jamar Chase, number one, Najee Harris, number two, Travis Etienne, number three, Kyle Pitts at four, Devontae Smith at five, Javante Williams at six. Wait, who's – oh, Devonta Smith. Gotcha. He was at five, Javante Williams at six, Jalen Waddell at seven, Michael Carter at eight, Trevor Lawrence at nine, Elijah Moore at 10, Trey Sermon at 11, and then one of our favorites, Amon Ross St. Brown at 12. Nice. Okay. All right. You want to go first or me? Uh, after you, my friend. Okay. Who's the number one rookie if you were redrafting right now? Who's your pick? Tough one, I think. It is, and, you know, we know Ernie had those one at one and two, and in my opinion, you really can't go wrong with Chase or Najee in that one spot. They respectively in their running back receiver class, they are loads. I even think you could probably make the case that they are better than what they even have been or what uh, we didn't expect them to be this good. Maybe I'm trying to say, we knew they were going to be great, but maybe not this good this early. So number one for me is still going to go with Chase. Like if I had the number one pick, I would go Jamar Chase knowing that, you know, you've got, a young receiver on a pass heavy offense with the connection he has with Burrow. That's going to probably have this level of production for the next five years, at least. Yeah. He's definitely, he's been better than we thought for sure. Um, I mean, obviously number one receiver rookie and he's the eighth overall receiver. So far, I don't think we thought he was going to be that high. And that's with a stretch, you know, uh, not counting this past week when he had two touchdowns, but he had a little, he had a few down weeks in a row. Yeah. But yeah, even still top eight receiver as a rookie. And uh, I mean, he's been, he's been great. So no argument there. He went number one in the real draft. Uh, he goes number one in our redraft, but that gives me an easy pick at number two, Najee Harris. I mean, I, I had him in the top 12 at running backs. Uh, do you have where he is right now officially? 
Uh, overall? Yeah, overall. Yeah, overall, he is... I can get to it, too. Four. Running back four on the four. year. In our in our scoring. Amazing. Truly so, amazing. That, that is also better than I predicted. Um, he's, he's getting the workload. He's... I mean, I don't know the, the focal point of that offense, really. And, you know, rookie, he's going to have that running back window of the next three years, at least, I would say, barring injury. So, yeah, easy pick at number two. And like we said, Eric got both those guys. And uh, not good news for the rest of the league. No, indeed. Uh, he's definitely made out awesome. So, number three, I'm going to go with Javante Williams. Is that his name? Yeah. Uh, Javante, Javante, I don't know, I'm getting them mixed up here, Uh, especially from what I'm seeing in the last half or so of the season, once he's finally getting a lot more work and becoming more focal point in that offense, and the way he just looks out there, uh, he looks confident, he looks shifty, he looks strong, fast, Uh, and as running back, you you know, in this this class, you had, you didn't, Javante was probably drafted correctly, and then redraft what we're doing, I would I would definitely have him at number three, knowing that I'm going to get a workhorse running back on an offense that is probably going to be relied heavily on, that is relying heavily on the running uh, and could potentially still in the future, depending on what that quarterback situation looks like. So Javante is number three for me. Yeah, he's so good. There was a lot of people in the pre-draft process too that had him ranked above uh, ETN. And some people even had him above Najee Harris. So it's not like, we weren't super surprised by it, but he's just really, you know, he met the highest expectations people had for him. And that's while splitting work with Melvin Gordon, who has been good too, which is crazy. So, you know, if, if the veteran running back in front of Javante was someone worse, like a, like a Mike Davis or something, mm-hmm. he would have ran away with that job and it would probably be even, you know, maybe pushing for that two spot, you know, depending on how things shook out. But uh, no arguments at number three. He's really good. And another guy that's on Eric's team. Yeah. Cool. Of course. Number four, I'm sticking with it. I'll still take Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. as, as a project, as someone who has had a, a decent tight end season on a, on a bad offense, like that Falcons offense, just they don't score a lot unless it's Cordero Patterson. So I think, Long-term, you're looking at someone who's going to, you know, learn more, grow a little bit. And, yeah, we talked about it last week. You know, lots of yardage, pretty good catch numbers, and then only one touchdown. So those touchdown numbers go up, and his season's looking a lot better. So I still stick with Kyle Pitts at four. Knew you were going to do that. I would disagree with that. But, yeah, you make the point that if he just gets another two or three touchdowns, it's just an even – to, to the moon rookie season that he's already having with the yard situation. Uh, so number five for me, I'm based off of what I'm, what we've seen this year is going to be Waddle. Yeah. Just the sheer volume targets and what he's doing, the catches uh, and in the league where you get, what do we get per catch? 0.75. Yep. So even you could get, he's getting, he's had multiple double digit catch games for low yardage and some of them he'll rip. So, I think just the sheer volume target share alone in that offense, regardless who the quarterback is, makes him a top five pick in my, my book. Yeah, I would agree. So that makes him 
the second wide receiver off the board here. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't have any arguments with that. It's been pretty surprising to see how the Dolphins have used him. Like you said, he's a high reception guy, not really like long bombs like we thought it might be based on his speed and, and what he did in Alabama. So him kind of just showing that he's reliable and can be like a PPR stud, a great future. And someone besides Eric finally has a, a rookie that we're redrafting. So congratulations to Wade on having a, a really good find. And he got him, I don't remember what I said, but pretty late, like later in the first round. So yeah, good pick there. So here's where it gets a little interesting. We start to see things change up, I think. I All right, I'll I'll say I'll say Elijah Mitchell goes next at number 6. Hmm. Running back, Elijah. Running back Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. And I, I say that just pick. for for needing running backs like in this league, he's uh, it seems like he's going to be the back um, next year. You know, the 49ers had a, had a whole platoon of guys back there, including another rookie, Trey Sermon. But he seems to have taken the lead. And once he's healthy, uh, he, he gets all the work. They're going to lose some of those guys next year due to, um, you know, free agency and uh, cuts and stuff. So I think we're looking at next year in his second season, he's going to be the guy. The Niners will always work in other backs, but I expect a pretty big year for him. So I would think he's the third running back we would take in this class and uh, worthy of that, what, six spot that I have right now? Yeah. All right, now this is going to be controversial, and I'm going to try to make my point for it. I'm going to go number seven as Chubba Hub. Okay. Simply because we're redrafting after what we've seen this year, and we've seen that McCaffrey is good, but he is breaking down quick with re- with injuries. He has not been on the field for as much as we and the drafters and the owners wanted. Uh, there's been a lot of rumblings of them maybe looking to move him and use him as a trade piece to get that quarterback or to try to get some value out of him, what have you. So for me, and when, when McCaffrey's been out, Hubbard's been very good, in my opinion. He gets the workload that Panthers offense is relying on the running backs for receiving and uh, rushing work out of the backfield. So in my opinion, if you're, you, you can take a risk knowing what we've known from this year on Hubbard at seven, as opposed to the likes of Devontae Smith or Michael Carter or these other players, definitely above the likes of Sermon, St. Brown, Trevor Lawrence. So I'm going to, I'm taking the risk of what we've seen this year and what the future might hold for McCaffrey being in or out of that offense. Uh, and I think Hubbard has made good on his opportunities. So I'm going to go with Chubba at number seven. Yeah. I don't, I'm surprised by that one. I don't hate that one. I mean, I think that say, say Christian McCaffrey retired tomorrow I don't think the Panthers would see him as like a, a three down workhorse guy. I think they would try to add someone, but I could be wrong about that. And Hubbard has been good when he's gotten the work uh, or at least solid, you know, so don't hate it. I would, I would have taken this guy before him uh, as a running back project and flyer. This is kind of hard because he was injured and we didn't see him at all this year, but Travis Etienne at eight. I mean, I think you still have to take the shot there. Um, 
again, the, the injury makes it kind of weird, but still, I don't think he can fall much farther than where we're going right now. And he should be back next year. Uh, the Jaguars should have a new head coach in place. So I think that, you know, I'm excited to see what he does um, in his second season. Well, his first season, really, but you know what I mean? You know what? I'm just going to say it. I'm going to go with Mac Jones. Okay. So this is uh, around the spot where. Yeah, this is exactly where Trevor Lawrence went in our draft. And although Lawrence probably still has better physical upside and potential upside to be like more of a fantasy type quarterback, you know, gunslinger out there, Mac Jones has proven to be very good. Uh, and based off of this year, he's our, he's the top rookie uh, uh, quarterback, uh, really kind of, you know, Trevor Lawrence is, I guess he's not that far behind, but I just don't like what that, the way the Jaguars is going, the way they're going there. I would just, I have more confidence in, in Mac at this point. And I would take, knowing what I've seen, I would take him over the likes of the other players that have been drafted. So I'm going to go with Mac Jones at nine. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Just, I mean, he has definitely been the best rookie quarterback this year. Uh, you know, I'm still hesitant to say that he's going to be better than uh, Fields or Lawrence, like over the next five years. But with the Patriots system and with you know him showing that he's better right now, I, I, I don't know. It, it's not going to be like a, a shock, or if he ends up actually being the best from this class, so. Okay, quarterback and nine. Well, you know I would never take a quarterback above like a wide, a good wide receiver or running back. So, not that would not have been my pick. I'm stuck right now between Devonta Smith and Rashad Bateman. Those would be my next guys, and I will take Bateman at ten, and just because I think he's cooler and I like him more. Now we're kind of getting into like a, a range of guys that have had flashes you expect them to get a little better going down the line but you don't expect them to be like superstars they're more in that like solid wide receiver three range but I could see Bateman be kind of becoming more of uh, a go-to guy kind of moving Hollywood Brown down we've kind of seen that already uh, at least as far as their usage so uh, Rashad Bateman my pick 10. That's a good pick. I've been watching uh, some of those Ravens games as of late, and he seems to be slowly getting, uh, I don't know, slowly, I guess, mediumly integrated into the offense. Uh, he looks like he's a good guy out there, a good player out there. Uh, and Lamar Jackson needs someone to throw to. It can't be Hollywood Brown and, and, and Andrews the whole time. So that's a good pick. I like that. Uh, and then at number 11, I'm just going to have to do it just because – I'm trying to – I don't want to be too crazy here, but I'm just going to go with Devonta Smith. Yeah. He's the number one in Philly. He's got a good rapport with Hertz. If Hertz is there for another couple of years and there, there, he's going to get the volume, he's going to get the looks, uh, and he's going to be right there in the mix with the other receivers in his class. So Devonta Smith at number 11 is probably a pretty good value-ish pick uh, with the potential – you know, his floor, or however you want to say it, his ceiling is probably lower than – some, in my opinion, just because of that offense and Hurts being, you know, such a rusher and what have you. But I think him at number 11 isn't is a good value and probably where in, in this in our redraft and a lot of people probably would have went some of these guys to go before him based off what we've seen. Yeah. 
and he hasn't been bad either. I mean, as a rookie, like he's been, he's been fine. So I like that pick and think he can definitely get better. And it does all depend on what they do at quarterback, uh, the Eagles that is. So will, will Jalen Hurts improve as a passer? He's probably, he probably is what he is. Maybe they upgrade or maybe they just work on some things to make throws easier for Hurts. So, you know, it's, we're not seeing uh, the ceiling for, for Devonta Smith for sure, but I don't know how high he can get uh, or how close he can get to what it is, but yeah, 11 for sure. You're going to take that. And I'll, I'll end our top 12 with um, another Elijah, Elijah Moore, who struggled early on in the season. I think that's definitely on the shoulders of Zach Wilson, who hasn't been good, but before Elijah Moore went out on, on IR, uh, he was looking really good. He was looking dynamic, scoring touchdowns, finally found a little bit of a rapport. So yeah, number 12, he's a, he's in the same group, I would say, as Smith and Bateman as just kind of like that next tier of wide receivers that you know we could see definitely becoming something, or if they are just what they were this year, still pretty fine for fantasy. Yeah, that's good. I like what I, yeah, I agree with you. He's been coming on really strong before that injury. Uh, and that's probably, you know, we had that conversation last week about showing what players can do toward the end of the season, uh, you know, parlaying that into the next year. And if this continues, you know, obviously he's got the injury, but if like that rapport continues uh, and what we saw moves in the next year, then uh, that number 12 spot on a redraft with Elijah Moore is, is really good. And that's the, uh, the top 12 rookie redraft. So if you guys made those picks, you should have done something different unless you were Eric. Yeah, he, uh, he had a great – boy, did he get two players for his, his life in the future, huh? Yep. Maybe uh, you'll do that next year too. Doubt it. As long as you don't pick a in my draft next year. <laughs> I'm going to end up trading all the picks about a day before somehow. <laughs> like, uh, give me uh, Elliot and Dalvin. <laughs> I just want them back. I need to know. I need to have my tried and true back. My things that I know. We just we can, be Hesse 2.0. We cannot give Jesse those picks. He's going to end up flipping them for uh, uh, who's even older than those guys. He's going to flip them for He'll just go and get – he'll go get Jefferson and Higgins back for, like, nine firsts. Like, what is happening in this league? You, you and Jesse and Eric just going in a circle with picks. And keep circling everything. The, the, oh, yeah, that's – let's make it happen. Let's do it. I love that, actually. <laughs> let's put that on the, on the uh, agenda for the offseason. Yeah. All right, so that was a little rookie recap. And if we forgot anyone, if you're a big – um, Friermuth fan. If you think Kadarius should have been in there for that one game, he was really good. If you're me and you're like, Rondale has a future, you know, then let us know. Yeah. We will reject it and again mock you. So that's that. Yeah. There's a lot of players we didn't mention that could make a case for some of these redraft uh, spots in the top 12, but. I mean, what we're probably showing us is that this was a really good draft all in all. Yeah, I would say it was deep, you know, of guys that you're going to use. 
going forward. Not like it's not that 20, uh, what 2017 draft that was McCaffrey and Kamara and uh, Mixon and Fournette and Dalvin. Yikes, what a class, you know? Yeah, Fournette's finally being good. I mean, he was good his what first two years, he wasn't yeah. the best of those backs, but yeah, you're right. good, you're right. But yeah, no, the 2021 was a good year to have picks and we'll see, we'll continue to see how it shakes out. Thinking. All right, let's take a break here, hear a word from our sponsors before we get into the playoffs. Playoffs. This episode of the Scum and Shame Show is brought to you by Mata Boom Snake Sweets. You want the recipe? Uh, send me a picture of you eating whatever cookies in your house, and then I will give you the recipe for the best cookie that you could possibly have this holiday season. Retarded cookies by Shane Sweets. Boom. And we're back. Oh boy, Shane, it's playoff time. What's that? Uh, playoffs. Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? 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 Play, 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 playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. We can win a game. In my opinion, that sucked. Fine. Wow, actually, finally, what a this year's number so fast. It was a kind of weird season, it felt like, anyway. Some ups and downs, some surprises that we've talked about uh, endlessly on this show. But I think our, our final standings, our final playoff seating is kind of what we thought it would be, uh, at least, you know, the at the like three quarter point of the season. So we ended up at uh, the number one seed. Scummy, hello. Don't know how I got there. Was looking rough for a while, but I got to my spot. Got there. Number two, the other buy uh, is Eric, who, again, not a surprise. I think, you know, I, I was like, these are going to be the top two teams this year, or at least two of the top three. So um, not a shock there. Number three is a bit of a surprise. It is Wade. He, he couldn't hold on to that buy that he had last week, but still uh, number three. The other surprise team on the season is Ben at number four. And then we've got Jesse at five, jumping up a spot. And then Matt down at six. So those are the six playoff seeds. Um, like I said, Eric and I have a bye. So we're looking at this week in the four five matchup, Ben versus Jesse. And then in the three six, Wade versus Matt. Where do you want to start? Which matchup? Let's start with Wade versus Matt. All right, Wade versus Matt, the three versus the six seed. Currently, Wade is projected to win 164 to 154. So not a big margin. 10 points is, is pretty small. Do First off, do you agree with that projection from Sleeper? 
I don't agree with it. Neither do I. I talked about it. Yep, I think Matt's going to win this one. I think Matt takes the the win in this first week of the playoffs. Uh, I don't like the injury with Josh Allen on on Wade's team, and I think the Niners are going to do whatever they can to stop Porterell. Hopefully, because I hate seeing him do good every week. It's just as annoying for some. <laughs> the Chargers definitely will know how to and will not let Tyreek do much. And in that, in my opinion, that is the reason why Wade loses. Matt, I like his matchups. They're almost. He's got types of players that are matchup proof. Devontae, Diggs, uh, Herbert. Even if the Kansas City game turns into a, a shootout, I think it's going to benefit Matt more than it's going to benefit Wade. I like Devo- uh, Deontay Johnson against Tennessee. Don't like this James Robinson thing going on, uh, but they are playing Houston, so you would hope that they just kind of suck it up, give him the work, and he gets himself a touchdown or two and some nice yardage there. I think Matt's team is just is built for this run. He built it this way, uh, and he's going to get it. And I don't see, I don't see Matt's got in. Uh, he's got, he's looks like he's playing, possibly playing Ramondre on Saturday. So we've got some Saturday uh, players and some, so that a lot of these, he's got thir- the Thursday, honestly, before Sunday, a lot of these players are going to have played some of these big guns. And we might know pretty quickly before even Sunday happens what the turnout's going to be. But I'm calling Matt for the win here. I called Wade to be the faller. He didn't really do that. Uh, but I so I'm just I'm just quadrupling down that Matt gets the win here. Yeah, I think that the the problem or the issue Wade's looking at is he has more question marks than Matt does. So I, I agree with you on the James Robinson thing for Matt. That'd be the big thing to watch. You would think that Houston being such a good matchup running backs will, uh, you know, solve some of that. But, you know, if he happens to fumble early or something, you know, I don't want to see it happen, but he could get benched again, especially with Urban Meyer being super salty lately. So, you know, that's one to watch. But for Wade, you brought it up, uh, Josh Allen being gimpy. It seems like he's okay, but even still a, a somewhat tough matchup against the Panthers. So, you might not see a major game out of him there if he does play. And then you still have the injury questions around uh, Elijah Mitchell. He didn't play last week due to concussion. Uh, I still think that's kind of up in the air if he plays or not. So not having him will be a big downgrade for Wade if that does happen. Mm-hmm. And then you've got TJ Hawkinson, who did not practice today, I'm pretty sure. So, again, not not that it would be a major tight end advantage tj hawkinson versus jared cook but we've seen at least like the ceiling be a little higher for hawkinson so that might have been something that wade would have capitalized on so just with that stuff um i think that there's he's gonna have to make some more roster moves and play some more bench type players uh and that just isn't good he's not gonna have his full strength i don't think which leans toward matt winning and getting to the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. I think it sounds like we're on the right page with that. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Like I said, a lot of Thursday and Saturday players on each end. So it's going to be hitting us hard on this matchup quick. We'll be able to watch it unfold. And by Sunday, it's going to be like one of these teams are going to go, okay, now I need my guys to make up for it or I need them to do something. Yeah point out one you know one of our favorite things it's been a while but we've got some reverse stack action so josh allen to stefan diggs 
Nice. Uh, I had that fun. And then I don't know if he'll do it, but if Wade were to play uh, Mike Williams, that would be a Justin Herbert, Mike Williams reverse stack. I don't know if that's going to happen. And yeah, it should be a close one still, but I think Matt does get the edge and we swing that, you know, 10 points, probably like the other way. Actually, six seed winning. That's the upset of the week. Upset of the week? Scum and Sneak upset of the week? Scum and Sneak upset of the week. Upset of the week. Yeah, yay. Surprise. I will go to the next matchup. Four versus five. Ben versus Jesse. Currently, Jesse's projected for a major win, uh, 163 to 139. Do you agree with that one? I do. I do, too. I had Jesse win in this. I like his – I don't know if I like his team or his matchups. I just – I like Jesse to do – to just keep going on a four-game win streak. Uh, ben looked to be our faller and not Wade throughout the last bit of the regular season. Uh, I, I don't like – currently he's got Singletary in there. I don't like that. You, he's going to be putting in uh, Jonathan Taylor, but Jonathan Taylor uh, – where is he? Who's he playing? He's, got the playing Patriots. The, he's playing the Patriots on Saturday, and you know they're going to do everything they can to stop that run game. So mm-hmm. don't like that at all. Uh Oh. Yeah, looking at it, these projections are kind of off because Ben has to take out Emmanuel Sanders too, who is uh, not going to play. So his he's got Rashad Penny. You know, maybe he rolls the dice on that and kind of chases that big game from last week. There's no way it happens two weeks in a row, right? <laughs> Probably not, especially with a matchup against the Rams. But he could also play, you know, Devonta Smith against the the Washington football team. A decent matchup. But that's it really he's kind of you know after putting in taylor and then a flex that would be his his main rollout so you know as it's been all season ben's relying on taylor tom brady and cooper cup and now alvin kamara so he needs big games from then because he's not going to get like huge ones from beasley or dj moore with with cam newton at quarterback so he needs his studs to be studs Meanwhile, Jesse's got, I would say, a deeper team, guys that can have – he's got more guys that can blow up, like uh, like Mark Andrews, Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans, and then Zeke and Dalvin as a really strong uh, running back duo as his mainstays. The question for Jesse is going to be Lamar Jackson, which is huge for him. Yeah, huge question there. I was just looking and see who he could play. And it, it really is only option he's going to, is to play Huntley if, if Jackson doesn't. Play. I don't think he's gonna he's gonna risk Newton against Buffalo. No. Uh, so yeah, that's the biggest question mark. But I think Jackson's gonna play. It sounds like he doesn't need to practice to play, and I can't imagine him missing this game for some reason. Uh, and I, like you said, I we've talked about Elliott not being as good as he is anymore, and Dalvin just coming off his game. He's running back uh, duo for for Hesse. This is what he made the trade for for his playoff run. He thought he could get by with what he had in receivers. Uh, and Evans has the potential to blow up against New Orleans, and Lockett has the potential uh, to blow up or get garbage time against the Rams. So yeah, this is this is some this is a 
probably closer matchup in my opinion than the Matt Wade matchup. And I, but I'm, I'm going with, I'm going with Jess. I'm going with the big Hesse, the Island native, the Hawaiian uh, uh, volcano. And he's going to get the win here. And Ben, uh, his, his, his storied season comes to an end after the first week of the playoffs. He got there. Good on you, but he doesn't move forward. So we're picking the five seed, which means another upset of the week. Another upset of the week. It's coming. Shake upset of the week. Gum and Sneak, upset of the week. Upset of the week. Yay, yay. Man, we are on the upsets this week and kind of, it's fun, but it's, uh, I don't know. I guess it's not really, I mean, five and four. Is it really that much of an upset? <laughs> not really. <laughs> but yeah. Jesse, you heard it here. We are giving you all the love and support. Uh, I don't think Ben even listens, so sorry, Ben. Forget you, Ben. Yeah. Maybe if you listen more and we would say that you were going to win. I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll never know. So then that means if we're right, we're looking at, we won't look too far ahead, but round two would shake out to be me versus Jesse, and then Eric versus Matt, which uh, fun matchups there. So we'll we'll see if that comes to fruition. Anything else you want to say about this first round of the playoffs? I don't think so. Other than to look ahead, it would be crazy if you and Matt play each other again in the championship two years in a row. Has that ever happened? The rematch? I no, I don't think it has happened. We've had like one player or one participant get back in the championship, you know, in consecutive years, but never the same two guys. So that's a storyline to watch for. You've got the potential to happen. We'll see. So with that, let's move on to the playoff hopes and dopes. And I think we're going to stick to playoff matchups. Duh. No need to go to the toilet bowl. No need to look at hopes and dopes on the bi-week teams. Nope. We're focusing on who we've got playing and where it really matters. So I went first last week. You want to go first this week? I got it. So my dope this week and the reason that Ben loses to Jesse is because this is the week that Cooper cup does not do good. Wow. (laughs) This is the week where he completely dopes and duds out He'll be lucky if he scores six points. And that is a big reason why I've chosen Jesse to win. This is it. This is the week we see it happening finally where he just is dumb and doping and and sucks. So that's the call for my dope Cooper Cup. And going to Jesse's side, giving him all the faith in the world. A player that's been near and dear to my heart uh, for the past five years is Zeke Elliott. I, I got him on my – he was drafted by Doug. I traded for him before the season, and he has just been a fun player his whole career. I've been a huge fan of his. And Jesse made the trade for him. It will not be for not. Jesse and Elliot will have a major game for you to propel you to the second round. It has been said, and it is in the universe now. My hope is Zeke Elliott. I like that, especially for Sneak League. So hope you're right. Yep. 
my hope this week is uh, one that I believe in and also a little bit out of necessity for Wade. But my hope this week is Big Mike Williams. Okay. So, you know, one, I talked about Wade needing to probably find some other options. Might be tough to make this decision because of the Thursday night game and not, you know, have time to wait on like Elijah Mitchell's status or whatever. But historically, throughout his whole career, Mike Williams has killed the Chiefs. He always has good games against them. And we expect it to be a shootout. We expect it to be one where he's the the focal point still. I mean, Keenan Allen should be back off the COVID list. So Mike Williams isn't like the one again this week. But again, I just I'm going off of Herbert being the man. I'm going off of the history of Mike Williams just dominating Chiefs. And Chargers are going to win this game on Thursday night. Spoiler for the next segment. Spoiler, I like that. Got to go with the home. Got to go with your squad. Uh, go with the history and the stats. We're pulling um, out some some historical stats on you. Mike Williams is going to do very, very good. So, Wade, if you weren't thinking about playing him, better put him in the lineup. And then my dope, I'm also just going based off of history and how the teams play each other. It's another divisional matchup. Bucks versus Saints, and I think Mike Evans – is going to be a dope this week for Hesse. Oh, no, that's not good for Jesse. Not enough, not enough to make him lose, but Mike Williams usually struggles, and he's only like eight to ten points. I think earlier this year he had a touchdown against the Saints that's kind of saved his week, but then he had two catches. So, for you know, again, whatever the reason is, it's not always the same like uh, receiver cornerback matchups in these divisional games, but just teams kind of know how to handle uh, those receivers. So, Mike Evans never really plays that well against the Saints, and I think that continues this week. All right. Well, that doesn't sound good for Jesse. You're saying it's not going to be enough for him to lose. Uh, I like the angle of the divisional game. So, yeah. Man, there's a lot on the stake. This is the playoffs. You know, we we might be jinxing. We might be putting things into the universe. Listen to us. Don't listen to us. But this is why we're here. We've made it to the playoffs. For those who made it, Good on you. Congratulations. Whether those who didn't make it, whether you wanted to not make it or not, you have failed in fantasy football, in the Dynasty League. In the Fantasy Football League, we are all in. You have failed this year if you did not make the playoffs. Do nothing to me. Oh, I, I like that answer, though. I got, like, I got nervous stomach right now talking about hopes and dopes because it's very important for the playoffs. <laughs> very yeah, I'm not playing. Yeesh. All right. So let's wrap things up here with America's favorite segment. Scum and Sneak at the Thursday Night Game Wrong. And yes. <laughs> and I'm picking the winner this week for sure. Chargers versus Chiefs Thursday night. Chargers are going to win. And it's going to be a super high scoring game. We're going to win 37 to 35. All right. All right. Well, I'm going opposite of you. I'm saying the Chiefs are going to win. And it's going to be a strange score of like 19 to 11. Bro, don't you know that Mahomes and Kelsey and Tyreek Hill suck now? Hello? Are you paying attention? I do know that. That's why they're going to probably have like five field goals. (laughs) Terry butt time. Let's see. They're going to, what is the, they're going to get four field goals, gets them to 12 and one. Defensive touchdown. <laughs> Defensive? No way, bro. <laughs> Daryl, if anything. 
that's that's our calls this week and man we're almost there we're almost done with this season guys i don't know what else to say yeah we're almost done playoffs are here listen up watch and uh signing off this is snake coming full circle into the wind and into the sky the earth and the sea Bye. Just wrap that one up. <laughs> just threw that, just threw that out there, huh?